Good morning, good morning, good morning. Oh, that's better. That was better than 9.30. That's good. That's good. You guys must be awake. Awesome. Well, hey, I just want to say good morning. If you are visiting with us for the first time, welcome. I hope you have found that you are welcome here and, and that you feel at home. Uh, if you are in LaGrange and watching online, hello. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. We are in the Storyteller series. And this Storyteller series has been all about Jesus. And, and it's been about Jesus and, and, and the parables that he's, he told, those stories that he told that have impacted many. You know, the first week we took a look at, at the lost sheep and going after the one. And the second week we took a look at, we, we took a look at the Good Samaritan and, and what it means to, to go after someone even though it may inconvenience you a little bit. And today we're going to take a look at the great banquet. I'll be honest, this passage has challenged me quite a bit over the last several weeks. It's challenged me and, and, and part of it is like, okay, am I living that way? And then the other part is I'm on my face going, God, forgive me. Forgive me. And it's because it, it really is, it's saying, hey, Cameron, are you living the way I've asked you to live? Are you living the way I've asked you to live? And so that's going to be our challenge today. But before we get started, I just want to spend just a few moments in prayer. So if you would, just bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going to go to the Father. We're going to ask him to meet us here like he, I believe he already has in worship. But I just want to go to the Father. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. God, you are good. I pray that you would just move in this place. Move in LaGrange. Move online. I pray that your spirit huh, would just join us. God, teach us what you want. In your name, amen. That's right, amen. Come on now. I love that. Get it. You know, I, I think we all like going to parties. Well, some of us. Some of us just hate parties. But I think a lot of us like going to parties, right? We, we like sending out the RSVPs. You know, those, those save the dates. It, it's amazing how times have changed. Like, there aren't just one or two invitations now. There's the save the date invitation, the RSV invitation, and then you kind of let everybody know, hey, it's this time, and then there's the social media, Facebook stuff. It's crazy. I mean, weddings are nuts. You get an invitation for everything. The bridal shower, the bachelor party, the, hey, we're having a cake tasting party. Come and you're invited. Right? But if you think about it, we like parties. It's because the fellowship, it's because of the people that are gathered there. But if you can imagine with me for a moment, and, and those who have kids know this, if you can imagine for me a moment that you are throwing your child the biggest birthday party surprise ever. You send out the invitations. And then the day before the party, nobody has RSVP'd. Nobody's committed to, to, to coming. The cake's been ordered. 
the pizza's been, <laughs> yeah, pizza's been ready. The inflatables are there. I mean, it's a party, but nobody's coming. Do you just cancel the party? No. As a parent, you do whatever you can to get anyone you can there. You're calling second cousins and third cousins. You're calling the friends at work that you know, hey, it's my kid's party, I need you to bring your whole family, please. Because you've, you, you said, hey, I'm, I'm going to throw a party, party for little Johnny, and, and I, I don't want him to be disappointed. I, I, I've, I've prepared. I've done everything. I'm ready. Here he is. You do whatever it takes to get everyone to that party. And that's what the great banquet is about. You see, the great banquet is about God inviting everyone to the party. The great banquet is about God sending out invitations and then people deciding they may be a little too busy to show up. They may be a little too inconvenienced to come. And then God's like, you know what? Go out, get whoever you can on the street corner under bridges, we're going to fill this place up because it's a party. And so that's what we're going to take a look at today. We're going to take a look at the invitation. We're also going to take a look at when you show up to the party, what it's like to be dressed in what you need to be dressed and, and what you need to wear. Does it matter what you wear? No, but it matters how you arrive to the party, how, how your spirit is when you enter the party. And so we're going to take a look at that. Now, I'll be honest, it's, this, this, is, this banquet idea, and in Matthew chapter 22, verse 1 through 14, which we'll read again in a minute, is all about what God's done for us. It's all about what he's done for us, that the fact that he sent his one and only son to die on a cross, and then three days later he was raised. It's what we celebrate in about a week. He's saying, this is where you belong. I'm sending you an invitation. This is where you belong. Will you accept the invitation? Will you accept it? And, and, and he's saying, hey, come on. I, I want you here. I want you here. I want you here. Do whatever you can to get here. Do whatever you have to to get to this party. And in this text, there are actually two parables. I know in, in most of your Bibles it says one, but, but scholars would say there's, there's really about two. In the first 10 verses, it's the invitation to the banquet. And then Matthew takes this, this, this parable a step further by, by saying, hey, this is how you should dress when you come to the banquet. And so in order for us to really fully engage in what's going on in this text, I I think we have to take a look at them separately. We have to take a look at them separately. And so here's, here's where we start. We start with Matthew 22, verse 1. 
If you have your Bibles, go with me there. Let's read scripture. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business. While the rest seized the servants, treated them shamefully and killed them, the king was angry and he sent out his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. The wedding hall was filled with guests. You see, people had said, no, I'm not coming. I'm too busy. But Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to fill this wedding hall. That king said, I'm going to fill this wedding hall. I'm going to fill it up. And so that's what they did. In that time, like I said, they sent out two invitations. Kind of like a save the date. Hey, be ready. Got a party going on. Be ready. We're going to have a fattened calf. It's going to be great. You just need to be prepared. You just need to be prepared. And then he sent it out again. Hey, the party's ready. Come on. But nobody showed up. Nobody showed up. Can you imagine what the king felt when nobody showed up? Wait, you're glad to get an invitation from the king. But when it's time to come to the party, it's not good enough for you. You want to say you got an invitation, but then you don't want to show up. You see, Jesus is talking to the Jewish religious leaders. He's talking to the religious here. And and he understands that this is, this, 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 I mean, he's using a story here that is actually has, there's there's three rabbi rabbi, um, parables that he's taking from. One was about coming to the feast. One was about those who are ready, getting ready, and, and others not. And so he's using them to teach them Look, here's the thing. I sent an invitation to you to be my people, right? Hey, you are my chosen people, Israelites. You're my chosen people. And then I I sent many other invitations for you to come and be a part of my banquet. I I sent prophets and I I sent preachers. I I sent all sorts of people to you, but but you, you either discarded them or you kicked them to the curb. 
And then I sent my son Jesus because surely you won't push him away. But when it time came for me to send my son, you, you didn't want to show up. You pushed him away. You said, nah, he's not good enough for us. He's not what we thought a king should be. Ah, no, God, that's not good enough. We're good, thanks, God. We, we like being your people, but uh, your son's not good enough. That's what this story is saying. It parallels another parable in Matthew 12, the parable of the evil farmers. How God, this, this owner had set up this, this vineyard and he, he leased it out to these farmers and said, hey, Take care of it. I'll give you some of the profits. And then what happens is, is he, he comes. He sends his servants to go and harvest and gather. And the, when the servants come, the farmers kill them or abuse them. And he sends it several times. And then finally he sends his son. He sends his son, right? And, and, and he's like, surely they won't kill my son. And what do the farmers do? They kill him and they don't accept him. And so he's just paralleling this banquet with that story. Saying, look, you didn't accept my son. You didn't accept Jesus. You, well, I sent the person. I sent him. I promised. I promised I would send someone. And you didn't accept him. You want to be my people, but you don't want to accept my son. You're saying he's not good enough for you. No, we're good. We don't need him. <laughs> Not everyone who denied the invitation. Sorry. Not everyone who denied the invitation was bad or uh, up to no good, right? They were just those who were inconvenienced. <laughs> uh, I, got, I got work to do. I'm good. I'm, thanks for the invitation, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy now. I'm good. Uh, I, man, thanks, thanks for that. I'm just too busy right now. They allowed convenience to interrupt them from joy. How many times do we do that? You see, God gives us an invitation to worship him every Sunday morning. We know Sunday's coming, right? Hey, go and fellowship with your people. Hey, go fellowship with my people. Hey, go. But then here's what happens. We start allowing our, our, our soccer games and our baseball games to get in the way. We start allowing some jobs to get in the way. Oh, I, I need to make a little more money. I got to work on Sunday. Am I, saying, am I saying that you have to go to church every Sunday and that's the only way? No, that's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is, is that he sends us an invitation. We either choose to show up or not. We choose to make it a priority or not. 
It happens when he gives us the invitation in the mornings. There have been times when I have woken up at 4.30. He has woken me up. God will wake me up at 4.30. Hey, can you come spend some time with me? I'd like to just hang out with you downstairs for a little bit. God, it's 4.30 in the morning, please. No, I really want to spend some time with you. I'm inviting you. God, Briggs was up till 1.30 because we are terrible parents and we let him run the house. <laughs> Forgive us. And he's like, yeah, that wasn't my fault. But I'd, I'd like to spend some time with you. I either choose to accept the invitation or not. You see, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not speaking at you. I'm speaking to us. We have the invitation. We have the invitation. It's just a matter or not if we choose to accept it or not. What are we going to allow get in the way of spending time with the Father who sent his one and only son so that we could dine with him at his banquet. So we can fellowship with him at his banquet. You know, I just want to dine with him I don't want convenience and timeliness to get in the way of my relationship with the Father. You know, Matthew kind of takes a step further in verse seven. And this parable kind of goes to a whole other level. It then says the king sent out those to go out and destroy those who had declined to come. Here's what happens in AD 70. If you don't know, in AD 70, the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple happened. Some scholars believe that's around the time that Matthew was writing this story, or writing Matthew, right? Can you imagine that? Jesus is sharing what's about to happen, and then here it is. It happens. You see, Jerusalem was destroyed because they had failed to accept in humility Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? They failed to accept Jesus. And so a plow was able to run through Jerusalem. Wow. What will happen if our people continue to fail to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior? We see destruction all around us. We see it in our schools. We see it in our businesses. We see it in this country. I think it's time for more of us to rise up and to say, you know what? I accept the invitation and I'm gonna live like I've accepted the invitation. We want to see change in this country. We need, to, we need to do that. More people need to see Jesus in us. That's the only thing that's going to change our schools. That's the only thing that's going to change our homes. 
but the wedding banquet is ready and you can't have an empty room. <laughs> I know some of you are planning on weddings in the next several months. Can you imagine spending all that money and then no one's showing up? I guarantee you get on the phone and call as many people as you can, right? But here's what the king does. He says, you know, way, we're not having an empty room now. We're going to go out. We're going to get them on the street corner. The Gentiles are invited. We're going to have a party. Hey, we're going to have a party. And so that's what they do. They go out. They say, hey, you come. Come on. Ah, uh, yeah, you, you, you want to come to a party? Come on. We go, hey, you got a fattened calf. Come on now. I love Outback. Come on. Right? Come on. Who doesn't want steak? Okay, vegetarians, I understand. But it's like a, come on. They got mashed potatoes and green beans. Come on. Come on. Hey, hey, come on, come on. You come to the party? Come on, man. Yeah, but I don't, no, no, no. I don't, mm -mm. Come on, come on. So they invited everyone. Didn't matter who they were. That's why I love being a part of a church that takes care of their community. Church happened yesterday morning. Church happens down in Troop County when they go and take care of the backpack buddies. That's when church happens. And so we're going and we're inviting. And that's what this king does. I'm going to invite. And so the wedding banquet is full. The wedding banquet is full. But Jesus isn't done yet. He has their attention. So he continues. He's like, okay, now I got your attention. Now I got your attention. Let me take this a little step further. Let me go a little further with this. And so this is what it says in verse 11. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw a man there who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get into here without a wedding garment? Now, quick pause. You have to understand, locally and in that time, they actually gave garments away. Like, they gave garments. They, they clothed you when you came into a party. Can you imagine being a, party of a, uh, being a part of a wedding now where if you're the groomsman, they actually say, hey, here's the tux. We paid for it. <laughs> or, or if you're doing a wedding, hey, bridesmaids, here's the dresses. We paid for it. We got you. Mm-mm. Now you got to shell out $500 or more. Mm. But no, he's like, hey, where, where's, the, where's the garment I gave you? Where's the garment I gave you to wear? Why, why don't you have it on? Why don't you have it on? And then this is what happens. The man was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. And in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Yes. These four verses are a continuation of the banquet. But these four verses focus on righteousness. These four verses focus on obedience. 
these four verses focus on. You are invited because of my grace. Because of God's grace, you are invited. It's nothing you have done. You've got to hear me. You don't get into the party by anything you've done. You can't do enough serve days. You can't do enough any of that. You hear me? It's God's grace that invites you into the party. And it's God's grace that keeps you in the party. But then you can't come into the party with the same junk that you had before you got invited. Do you hear me? The king was like, wait, I gave you a new garment. Why aren't you wearing it? Why did you come in with the same stuff? Why'd you come in? I gave you a new garment. Why aren't you wearing it? Was it not good enough for you? Did it not meet your needs? Was it, was it not what you wanted? You got, you got the invitation, right? Well, I, I provided it, right? Did you, did you have to pay for it? No, it's nothing you did. I gave it to you. Why aren't you wearing it? You see, it was a show of respect. But this guest refused. But the king even calls him friend. <laughs> friend. He's, he's showing that, hey, anyone can enter. Anyone. I want you to come in. I want you. Hey, I want you. I want you to come in. It's my grace that lets you in. But the guest refuses. His righteousness, God's righteousness, God's grace gets us in to the party. It's not on our own. But we have to put on the clothes. We have to walk in the freedom. Yes, Jesus had just finished saying the door is open to all. But here he is saying, you can't live the same life that you got invited in. You can't keep living in the same disobedience. You can't keep living in the same shame, in the same anxiety, in the same fear, in the same anger. I've clothed you in right clothed you in righteousness. I've clothed you in humility. I've clothed you in freedom. I've clothed you in free in forgiveness. Are you going to wear it? And that's where this week I fell on my face and I'm like, God, forgive me. I've been wearing anger. I've been wearing pride. I've been wearing all the other junk and I need to clothe myself in your freedom and in your truth. And I want to live and I want to dine in your party. That's what he's saying to us. That's what he's saying. Living a life that's changed and holy. We have to understand that his invitation is joy. His invitation is joy. You see, this life of Christianity thing is not 
walking around, judging everyone who's different than you, looking down on those who may make different decisions than you. It's not living in anger. It's not living in unforgiveness. His invitation is joy. He's inviting you to a life of joy. I'm I'm ready for Christians to live like Jesus with joy. I'm ready for Christians to live like Jesus with joy. I'm ready for, for teachers to walk in their classrooms with joy. Like I get to impact you today. Not, oh my goodness, this little Johnny for the fifth day in a week. I'm ready for business leaders to walk into their businesses and say, here I am, I'm gonna be Jesus today. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm ready for for dads and for husbands to, to run their family with joy. With joy. We've been invited to the greatest thing ever. We need to be joyful about it. Does that mean we have to be sunshine and rainbows all the time? No. But we don't need to walk around like some, we got beat up all the time. We've got joy. Joy. God gave us Jesus. He gave us joy. It's joy you miss when you turn down the invitation of Jesus. We've got to be open to the invitation no matter the inconvenience. Are you open to whatever God calls you to do? Hmm. When you are willing, you will not miss God's calling. There's some things I had to do in the last couple of weeks. I had to quit some things because they were getting in the way of my calling. What are you willing to give up for God to take you further? What are you willing to give up? so that you can have more. You see, if we live life with open hands, he will pour out his favor and pour out his blessing more than you can ever imagine. But when we clench our fists and say, no, God, not today, I'm not, mm, 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 it's hard for you to catch the blessings. It's hard for you to catch what he wants to do with you. We've got to open him up. If you are willing, you will not miss his calling. Don't allow inconvenience to ruin you from the invitation. Some of you, he's inviting you to a a greater life of service. Some, he's inviting you to maybe quit your job. I don't know, so you can go do something else. I don't know. I know I've heard the stories of, of some of you in the last several weeks who are quitting one thing so God can use you in another. How awesome is that? You're going to live a life of joy. You're going to live a life of of passion. You're going to live a life full. But if you keep your hands closed, no, I've got to hold on to this. I've got to hold on to this. I've got to hold on to the money. I've got to hold on to things. You will miss it. 
And then you are disobedient to what God has for you. Understand this, that this invitation is grace. Hmm. Grace. Grace. I love what William Barclay says about grace. He says, it came to them from nothing other than the wide-armed, open-hearted generosity of the king. It was grace which offered the invitation and grace which gathered them in. It was God's grace that drew them in. It was God's grace. It was nothing they did. It was nothing they did on the street corner. It was nothing they did anywhere else. It's nothing you have done. It's God's grace that draws you in and it's God's grace that keeps you there. Sometimes what God has for us is standing right in front of you, but we fail to realize it because we're like, ah, it's just not what I want. It's not what I did. Mm, No, God. No, it's standing right here going, hey. He's like, hey, here he is. Here he is. Hey, hey, here it is, Cam. Here it is, Cam. Hey, hey, Cam, here, here. It's right in front of you. Why aren't you opening your eyes? But we fail to realize it because it may not match up our expectations it may not meet oh that's just that's not what, mm, I don't know man it's God's grace that did it in the first place let God's grace work let God's grace move huh. it's amazing what's happened over the last couple of weeks since I quit some things and what God's grace has done I got obedient and God's grace just kind of poured out. I had someone hold me accountable. What? Christians holding Christians accountable. Uh-oh. Yeah, you got to live a life of humility. Say what? Yes, I said humility. But one of my good friends, one of my best friends in the world said, she sent me a text. And, and, and it, it's, it's, it's fun because I've, I've seen this, this young lady raise up. And she's one of my wife's best friends. And it's interesting. And she sent me a text because she knew what I needed to do. She's like, hey, have you done this yet? Have you gotten obedient? Have you quit what you said you were going to quit? And I was like, oh, not yet. I'll do it on Monday. I'll call him on Monday. And then I have my wife Sunday night. Hey, are you going to quit that thing? Oh, I guess I better quit. Nothing bad. It wasn't anything bad. I, I allowed money to get in the way of some things. I allowed a second job to get in the way of things. I'm getting real transparent with you. That's okay. I don't mind. I had to quit a second job because it was disobedient. It was disobedient. It was keeping me from God's best. Was it wrong? No. But it wasn't God's best. Do you hear what I'm saying? I was like the person that went off to his job. No, God, I, I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> he said, no, 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 Cam. You need to quit that. But God, it's helping people. No, Cam, I called you to this. You're going to be obedient or not. You're going to be obedient or not.
Grace should be the reason we live changed. It's got nothing to do with the clothes we wear into the party. It has everything to do with where our heart is when we enter his presence. Did you hear what I said there? It has nothing to do with the clothes we wear. It's got how we enter. How did you enter church this morning? Were you prayed up? Did you come expecting to worship? How cool would that be if next week, everybody in this building, everybody online, everyone in LaGrange came expecting God to move? How would your day go if you showed up in the morning, in your morning time with Jesus, you said, God, get my heart right. I'm going to expect you to move today. What would your life look like? I'm not yelling at you. I'm excited because this is what Jesus is doing. I've got freedom. I'm like, whoa. It's a freedom I haven't had in so long. I just want to walk in freedom. It's nothing I've done. You've got to hear me. It's nothing I've done. LaGrange campus, it's nothing I've done. Online, it's nothing I've done. It's just what God is doing through me. And I can't help but be excited about it. Someone asked me the other day, man, you're so excited about this whole serve day thing. You're crazy. Because I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Part of it is because it was crazy. But part of it is because of what God's doing in my life. I'm just like, man, I'm just full of joy. I just want the world to know about Jesus. I don't care. I don't care. I just want to see Jesus move in our church. I want to see Jesus move in our community. I want to see Jesus change schools. I want to see him change businesses. I want to see him change families. That's what I desire. That's the Jesus I want. I want to see him change. I want to see him change this world. What if we came into this house with preparation? What if we came into this house ready to worship? What if we went home today ready to see our families worship the Father? What would happen? We'd see the God of the universe like never before. The invitation is there. He's calling you out. I think there's some in the room who have accepted the invitation and you were living it like never before. But I think there's some of you who have accepted the invitation and you're still holding on to some things. You're like, I, I believe in Jesus. I'm just not sure I'm ready to really walk in this whole freedom thing. But that's the invitation.